You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning. Welcome back. I'm Heather Carroll. And I'm Joe Rutten. Thank you for joining us on Real Presence Live this morning. We're broadcasting from the campus of Mount Marty College in Yankton, South Dakota. I always have to say South Dakota. South Dakota. You know, make sure that they know we're in South Dakota. <laughs> it's not really, is that how we do this, Heather? I'm not, I think you're giving us a poor reputation out there across the Great Plains. And listening to audience. Stop. Isn't that more North Dakota? Isn't that the Sons it, of Thunder? Isn't that, oh, there? that's kind of their neck of the woods. Yeah, well, anyway. and I'm quite excited because back in the day, when it was Lamb Radio, for those of you that don't know, Lamb Radio uh, merged into Real Presence Radio here in Sioux Falls, Eastern Diocese of South Dakota. And we had a show, and we still have a show that's called Rutten Radio. Yep. And we might have talked about it a couple times here, but big news out of that corner of our world. Yeah, Rutten Radio is going from its local Eastern South Dakota Diocese uh, audience to the global network, five state Upper Midwest 2. region. Two point one million. Two point no. Yeah. Holy smokes! You just he just two point five or eight, I guess Eli says. So that just you know. Lord have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> Sons of Thunder, we're coming for you. <laughs> so Rutten Radio, let's talk about Rut- what is Rutten yeah, Radio. Yeah, Rutten Radio is just the brothers bantering. I uh, uh, have two brothers that are priests, Das and priests here in Sioux Falls. And um, I as well was in the seminary uh, and discerned out after my undergraduate work and went into education and became a Catholic educator. Um, while my twin brother then followed my older brother, Paul, into seminary. And so those two are priests, and uh, at some point we just get together and banter all the time, and radio said, you know, you guys should come do this on on a show. Mm-hmm. And so we have. So we've got Brothers Rutten, and uh, it's the two priests and myself just kind of bantering back and forth the first Wednesday of the month, every month, and we were local for a few years, and now they're taking us across the network uh, so. January 1. January 1, and yep. it's the first Wednesday at 7 a.m.? First Wednesday, 7 a.m. So people have to tune in Central Time, and if and also there's um, archives of your show up on our, our right. page already at yourcatholicradiostation.com. If people wanted to tune in and listen, it's quite hilarious, actually. I used to produce the show back in the day, and I would just sit in the... <laughs> in, the, in the room just laughing the entire well, time <laughs> if you knew paul knowing paul is the key because if you know paul he knows he's basically ready to kill each of us most of the time he's not you know well and and for those that aren't familiar with the rutten family they they're what they call north enders in sioux falls right, meant they grew up by right. the cathedral and they are irishmen right that's we got all a little I really irish well my say. dad's dutch and so my, my some of us have a little more dutch paul's got a little more dutch in him and uh, so the irish and the twins me and my brother yeah. drives them absolutely nuts and that's, the the, two, that's the best part of the whole the program two red-headed twins running through the school right right, right. So, love it yep and the collar fell off me so i kind of it's the one place where i get to tell the two priests what to do it doesn't happen very often but 
on the show. I'm the host. And yeah. I don't know if I was ever elected that. I just started saying I was. And so oh, is that oh, I how just that took works? the responsibility. Yeah. You know, they get to tell everybody else what to do all the time. I thought somebody needs to sit them down for an hour a month and tell them <laughs> what to do. <laughs> How's that been working out? Uh, not very good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, keep working on it. <laughs> all, right. all right, folks, that means it is time for our straight talk segment 877-795-0122 again the number is 877-795-0122 you can submit any questions that you might have we have father scott trainer with us this morning very wise man who is going to educate us on things of the catholic faith so good morning father good morning heather how are you good thanks for joining us again this morning great to be here so Let's see. 877-795-0122 is the number to call, or you can submit any questions that you might have on Facebook. We've already got a couple questions that are waiting in the wings. People are ready to, to ask Father Scott some questions. So on Facebook we have, what are the O antiphons? The O antiphons go from uh, December 17th to, uh, to Christmas time, and they're just ancient proclamations from the Old Testament of titles that we apply to Jesus, like O Wisdom and so forth. And I don't have the list in front of me of what they are, but they're great points of meditation for us to receive with greater joy the birth of our Savior. Mm -hmm. So who is Jesus for me and for the world? And, you know, there's an infinite mystery in Jesus. So the O Antiphons are a way to help focus my attention on a particular manifestation of the goodness and truth and beauty of God, Emmanuel, Jesus, who is God with us, that is born for my salvation and the salvation of the world. So to open my heart to receive that gift more fully, the O Antiphons are a great point of meditation in these days leading up to Christmas. So there's a little change in the Advent season. It's a particular focus on preparing to celebrate the coming of God at Christmas, the birth of Jesus, our Savior, and our God. In the earlier weeks of Christmas, people have heard a lot of uh, readings from Scripture at Daily Mass uh, pointing to Christ's second coming and the end of the world, and right. the eschaton. So it's that dual meaning of the coming of God, God coming close to us, but in these particular days immediately before Christmas, focusing on the celebration of our Savior's birth. If you, people love the song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, if you, right. this, if you yeah. have right. all the verses of that song, you have those titles in each of the verses of that okay. uh, ancient hymn. Very oh, really? It is an ancient hymn. Well, and they said that they also talked about it on Monday's Real Presence Live, what the O, Ant- o Antiphons were there also, so people can tune in and hear, a, I think it was like a 15-minute discussion on it. So. Wonderful. <laughs> so there we go. Mm-hmm. Okay, so folks, this is your opportunity to direct the conversation, and we've got Father Scott Trainer in the house with us this morning answering your questions on the, the Catholic The one faith. and only. Oh, now he's a Father the. Scott. Oh, oh, yes. The Father Scott the Trainer. Father Scott Trainer. Yes, yes, yes. So, Father Scott, so when we think about Christmas here, I, I quick Advent preparation. Um, Maybe generally speaking, for the human person, why is an Advent season important for us as we come up on Christmas? Why do we do this time of preparation? 
couple ways that we could talk about that. One is uh, I'm, I'm thinking of um, back in high school and college when I was getting ready to go out on dates. I don't just sort of like roll in whatever I'm doing. Like, hey, Jane, here I am. Nice to see you. You know, all scraggly from work or school. Or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, I'm going to get ready because it's a special event. Hmm. Right. And in the things that are more joyful, more important, more solemn in our life, we take time to get ready. Right. And so in before Christmas, before we celebrate the birth of our Savior and Redeemer, and of course before Easter during the Lenten season, before we celebrate his suffering, death, and resurrection, the central saving mysteries of our faith, we want to prepare. I don't want to just like wander into that casually. Mm-hmm. And I think especially in a <clears throat> you know, our commercialized and consumeristic culture, uh, Advent is a special gift for believers. How do I push back against the tide of, you know, like Christmas things have been out, I think, since Memorial Day. I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) How do I push back against that onslaught of, you know, do, 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 bye, 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 eat, 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 and really enter into a time so that I'm not sick of Christmas by the time December 25th gets here. So in the Catholic genius, uh, Christmas begins at Christmas Eve and goes for the whole season until the baptism of the Lord. And Advent is a time to prepare for that special, important, solemn, beautiful, and joyful experience of our Savior's birth. Beautiful. I and think it meets a real I, I like that, that casual way. wandering that you mentioned. It seems yeah. to me that for at different times in my own life, I've been maybe a little too casual with uh, maybe life, reality, Christ, and Mass. And every once in a while, I've got three kids, and sometimes just getting to church on Sunday is a victory. Right. Yeah, well, um, I'll pay attention. <laughs> but I do every once in a while think about if I'm getting ready for mass the way that I get ready for work, and I love wearing a suit and tie and you know being being professional. And then here I am. I go to church on Sunday, and is am I actually? I, I should be amping up not toning down and that idea that sometimes I roll into the weekend too casually. Um, how is it that we might be able to, to amp that thing back up to find Christ more in the Christmas experience? I want to repeat the question. Yeah. <laughs> how might we, so if, if we're, if we're casually wandering about yeah. this Christian walk, right? How as we prepare for Christmas, what, do you have any practical advice spiritually or that we might find Christ uh, deeper in a richer way this Christmas season? Yeah, I think two things. Uh, one is the gift of silence, right? Mm. So when I enter into silence, uh, whatever's going on in my heart and my mind gets amplified and it becomes more clear and distinct. So, you know, we live busy lives or engaged with a lot of good things and we go, we can go from thing to thing day through, you know, day by day. When I take some time in silence, I become much more aware of what's going on in me. And that opens the door to greater intimacy with God. So in silence, my thoughts and my feelings and my desires, they become more clear and more distinct and kind of amplified the good, the bad, and the ugly. But that gives me the opportunity mm-hmm. to come to God as I am. So the love of God, who does God love? God loves you as you are in this moment. He doesn't love you as you were five years ago or as you hope to be 10 years from now. He loves you as you are right at the moment. And he wants to meet you in the middle of whatever is going on for you. Well, if I'm not in the middle of my busyness, I can go a long time without paying attention to what's really going on for me in my heart and in my mind in the deepest part of who I am. 
So little moments of silence, even if it's just five or ten minutes a day, mm-hmm. to take aside from all the buzzy and busy and the bustle. And whatever comes up in my heart in that silence, to take that opportunity to turn to God and tell him all about it, mm-hmm. to entrust my heart to God that way. That's a great way to grow in intimacy in these Advent days in preparation for Christmas. The second thing I would say is that uh, joy, it's a joyful season, joy to the world. Uh, joy takes some practice. Uh, joy is begins, Christian joy begins with encounters with goodness and truth and beauty. And when I experience this goodness, truth, and beauty, the experience of joy is the awakening of a desire for more of that goodness and truth and beauty. But that desire is not uh, insecure or grasping or clinging. It's surrounded by a confident assurance that this goodness, truth, and beauty was a gift from God who loves me. And God wants a fullness of that goodness, truth, and beauty for me in a fullness far beyond all I can ask or imagine. So that giving free reign to a desire, which is a capacity to receive, a desire in my heart for more of goodness, truth, and beauty. So I see a beautiful sunrise and I'm moved by the beauty of this morning and its stillness and the crisp air. Beautiful. I I desire more. And when I recognize that the gift of what I'm experiencing right now comes from God, it's not just a random thing I I bumped into, Mm -hmm. but it's a gift from God as an expression of his love for me. And he wants to show me more, in fact, far more than all I can ask or imagine. That opens up that desire, and that's the heart of Christian joy. So what I mean about practicing joy is taking time out of my day to notice and count and notice and Mm -hmm. savor the experiences of what have I experienced today that was beautiful? Mm. What have I experienced today that was gracious? Um, St. Paul in, um, in one of his writings, <laughs> <laughs> it'll come to me in a second, uh, it says, finally, brothers, in Philippians, it's Philippians chapter four. He says, finally, brothers, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, whatever is true, whatever is beautiful, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things and the God of peace will be with you. And so that's a nice litany. Like, what have I experienced in my day that's like that? Those are all like little invitations to rehearse joy. The more I savor those things and choose to pay attention to them, the more I'm going to discover the uh, dawn of joy shining more brightly in my heart and it's gonna be a more joyful experience of christmas wow i feel like i just i feel like i just had a retreat i know let's go home we're done (laughs) (laughs) well folks if you have a question for father scott trainer this morning this is straight talk our number is 877-795-0122 again the number is 877-795-0122 or you can submit any questions that you might have on facebook So we have another question that was submitted on Facebook. It says, I know it was recently mentioned on Real Presence Radio, but could you speak to why we bless salt and how we would use salt? How we would use it? Right. So if people are familiar with the use of, uh, say, holy water, Mm -hmm. right? We use holy water as a reminder of our baptism. It is a sacramental of the church, which is connected, as all the sacramentals are, to the seven sacraments of the church. So, um, holy water is a reminder of baptism. It's a way by which we ask God's blessing to strengthen on our hearts and our, and our souls the gifts that he gave us at baptism, and to ask his blessing on people and objects, you know? So, salt is very similar to, holy salt is, or blessed salt, similar to holy water, uh, it has been specially blessed and consecrated by a priest or a deacon. 
and it's used in the same way that uh, holy water is used. So I can sprinkle holy salt around my property or in areas of my house. Some people use a pinch of it in their cooking. That's perfectly fine. But it's a way to invite God's presence into the concrete realities of my day, of where I live and where I work and in my daily activities. And the nice thing about uh, blessed salt is that it hangs around a little bit longer than holy water. Holy okay. water evaporates, it's gone. Holy salt has a little more staying power. Staying power. So it's, uh, it's commonly used in the blessing of homes um, or buildings, new buildings and whatnot. Uh, they'll have the sprinkling of blessed salt. You know, the sacraments always communicate the grace that they're intended to communicate what we say ex opere operato. So when they're celebrated in a uh, valid way, that grace is made present. Now the fruitfulness of that grace for the individual who's receiving the sacrament is going to depend on their reception and faith, right? Mm -hmm. The sacramentals, the efficacy or the grace that is given is dependent on the faith of the minister who's or the person who's engaging in the use of the sacramental, okay? Hmm. That's a little different than the sacraments that way. And so when you see, um, when you, uh, like, when the prayers of the blessing of holy water and holy salt uh, from the old Roman Missal are powerful prayers, and they're meant to evoke that faith. Like, God wants to be present through this tangible element and use this element to communicate his blessing his protection his grace his goodness to me and to my family and it's uh mm. those prayers beautifully arouse our faith to be able to re receive more of god's grace wow that's beautiful i need to pull out some holy salt i haven't done the holy salt for a while so oh, we have a lot of holy salt in our house <laughs> we always had holy water fountains every yeah. room had holy water yeah. fountains and uh the home when you come into my parents old home you always had holy water fountain mm -hmm. but i've never seen my parents do holy salt so maybe yeah. i'm going to start a new tradition in holy salt in my family yes. of holy salt yeah so. absolutely we sprinkled it under our beds and everything i mean holy salt so folks if you have a question for father scott trainer this morning you can give us a call at 877 seven nine five zero one two two again that's eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two or you can submit any questions that you might have on facebook it is your opportunity to call in it's our local straight talk segment that we have every morning from nine thirty to ten so eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two so my question and i don't know if you would know the answer why salt <laughs> He always likes it when I started a question that way. <laughs> Favorite, right? <laughs> but I wonder why not pepper. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Um, because God in his graciousness uses what's closest to us and most readily available to us as an instrument of his grace because he wants to be with us so much. Oh. So water, salt, oil. Wherever you go, mm, bread, right. wine, wherever you go, mm. these things are readily available for us. Interesting. So God's not going to use like some rarefied thing, like unobtainium to like, oh, that's my, <laughs> right. what I'm going to choose as my sacramental. Uh, because he just, he, uh, it, and it's really, it's an expression in my estimation of the incarnation. God entered into our humanity, took our human nature to, and united it to his divine nature. God is close to us in the everyday realities of our life and so the ways that he chooses to communicate his grace through tangible signs are also ready at hand kinds of things 
this is interesting. I don't know if it was John Glenn. One of the uh, the moon landing, mm-hmm. one of the individuals is Episcopalian and brought communion with him. Oh. And Very it just cool. reminded me this continuation that we continue as God's missionaries to bring Christ to all of our encounters. And here he is in the you know, outer space and the moon. And what is he doing? He's bringing these common elements, mm-hmm. right, that have been transformed. Mm. Um, yeah, it's not like uh, Christ is found in the upper Siberian plateau. And that's the only <laughs> only place we can access yeah. wheat or, you yeah, know, right. what it is that we need to, to have him uh, present to us here. Father, you had mentioned in... Um, in your your talk about silence, that God desires us holy, right? The good, the bad, the ugly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this can be a pretty stressful time. Christmas is not a cakewalk for a lot of families. Um, it can be stressful in relationships. It can be stressful on the break, like you have a break with your children for a few mm-hmm. weeks here, and mm-hmm. there well, can be tensions. And I think, too, people forget about those that might be uh, grieving a lot. A loss right, right. Grieving a, a loss of a loved one. How are there some ways that that you might advise or that you might have for us, uh, for families or individuals during this Christmas and even the New Year's season to manage or or deal with that stress that comes from maybe the bad and ugly? No, we're all doomed. Okay, we can go home. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so I actually want to go back to that uh, passage in Philippians. It was Philippians chapter four, four to nine. And this is like great wisdom, and it's very practical advice from St. Paul. And what he promises us, if we take up his vice, is joy and peace. Mm-hmm. The peace of God will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And what always strikes me about that verse, which is Philippians 4, um, verse 7, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus is that peace isn't just uh, the peace that God gives us. It's not just the byproduct of when everything just goes right and perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we didn't have the family fight around the Christmas table and <laughs> all the gifts are great and I don't have any debt. You know, it's not, it's not when everything just aligns because that's way too weak and way too unusual. God wants us to have an abiding peace, a peace that the world doesn't know, a peace that's far beyond all we can ask or imagine. So how can I dispose myself to receive that gift? Well, here's what St. Paul says. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I shall say it again, rejoice. Your kindness should be known to all. The Lord is near. What a better time to meditate on this truth. The Lord is near as we're preparing for the celebration of Christ's birth. Emmanuel, God with us. But he says, in everything, here's the advice, in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Okay, and here, prayer, I'm just going to tell you, means tell God all about it. That's what I mean. Mm -hmm. Tell God what's going on, what's your situation, what's stressing you out, what are you worried about, what are you discouraged by, what are you um, anxious about. Tell him all about it as if he would know nothing about it unless you told him. Mm. That's what he means by prayer here. And then petition, we know what petition is, asking God for the good things that we need, make our requests known to God, but to do those two things together with thanksgiving. Mm. And when I read that, I think that's, that's kind of a random little detail. Like, well, of course, it's nice to give thanks to God, but when I'm telling him what's going on and when I'm asking him for the things I need, why should I pair that with thanksgiving? And I think what St. Paul knows is that, especially in difficult times, when I'm stressed out, when I'm tired, when I'm discouraged, when I'm sad, 
that I'm unlikely to want to pay attention to what's going on in my heart, let alone turn to God and ask him to do anything about it. Because I can easily feel in spiritual desolation that God doesn't care, God's not listening, God's not close to me, I don't qualify for God's goodness, or whatever it may be. So uh, uh, St. Paul encourages us to stir up gratitude. It's like the little engine that could. And if I start with the thanksgiving, my heart will have the strength and the courage I need to turn around then and look at whatever's messed up so that I can talk to God about it and ask him for what my heart desires. And that's where he gives us that litany. Finally, brothers, whatever is honorable, just, pure, lovely, gracious, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things and the God of peace will be with you. Um, that that litany of things. I can look at just things in my day that fit those descriptions, but what they're all reminders of are the pre- are they are reminders of the presence of Jesus. Jesus is all those things with divine perfection and without limit, right? Mm. And so when I see a beautiful sunset or when I ex- receive the kindness of a stranger or mm. someone in my family who says a gracious word, that reminds me that God is the ultimate author and source of all those things in a fullness beyond all I can ask or imagine. And he wants to make himself known that he really is near. I'm not in this by myself, but God is with me. Emmanuel, God is with me. And that realization, the more I savor it, expands my heart to receive these gifts, especially at Christmas, of joy and peace, even in the middle of difficult and stressful situations. You know, it's interesting. I don't know if other people out there listening experience this, but I pray that God allows my interior disposition to be positive in receiving those experiences. Sometimes I find that even depending upon the person or the circumstances, I can have a negative reaction sometimes to Mm -hmm. things because of my brokenness. I have a character flaw that's kind of, you know, somebody riles me up, but they're just trying to do something wonderful. So I even pray, Lord, allow me to receive this person Mm. in a healthy manner. Allow me to be present in a good way, not to react quickly or sharply Mm -hmm. to the person. Um, it's really t- can be tough for me sometimes in certain mm-hmm. situations. So even praying that I receive mm-hmm. that goodness, truth, and beauty in a way in which is healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I find my disposition is much easier to respond <laughs> to the goodness in, in turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's fantastic. But that image of the peace of God guarding my heart and mind, like this is an active agency of divine love. God is going to fight for me. Right. So it's not just a matter of like, I mean, I need to grow in mastery and self-control and all that, but this is a gift from God and God is going to fight with me and for me in exactly the ways I need, gotcha. whatever. All right. right. So, folks, we're having a great conversation this morning, and you can join in on it. The number is 877-795-0122. Again, the number is 877-795-0122. You can ask Father Scott Trainer any questions that you might have. We have a listener's question um, submitted anonymously from Sioux Falls. The local Catholic school is having a service project day in January, and one of the sessions will be yoga. Please comment as to having the session in the Catholic school as well as direction of having the children participate in this session. Hmm. Well, you can read a lot about people's uh, opinion on the suitability or unsuitability of yoga for uh, people of faith. And certainly as an Eastern form of meditation, it's incompatible with our Christian faith. So the aim of those uh, Eastern forms of meditation uh, that from which of which yoga is a particular expression 
as if it's practiced as a meditation, right, mm -hmm. is uh, to enter into nothingness, right, uh, with a worldview behind that, that, you know, the world is an illusion, that um, the body is, uh, physical reality is a trap and an imprisonment of our spiritual souls, is a dualistic vision of the human person that's just not compatible with the Christian faith at all. However, um, you know, you can do good stretching exercises that are not an engagement in a Eastern uh, non-Christian meditation. Right. And so I don't think that there's something intrinsic about good stretching exercises, but, um, you know, the mantras that are used sometimes in yoga and even the nature of the positions, if you talk to someone who practices yoga as part of their Eastern non-Christian spirituality, uh, those are acts of adoration and worship to pagan gods, right? So uh, I think that for, you know, I don't know what the school has in mind, so I'm not going to comment on that. But for it would be important to make clear distinctions about what we're doing and why, mm -hmm. uh, especially for younger people. So there's not any danger of confusion or conflation like, oh, this is just another kind of spiritual thing to do kind of in an indiscriminate way. Right. So maybe asking more questions of the school, what, what's to be expected of, on that day? Yeah, and what's being presented. Okay. All right. Well, if you want to join in, we still have a few minutes left. 877-795-0122. Again, the number is 877-795-0122. Or you can submit any questions that you might have on Facebook. All right. Oh, Father Scott, I could I know. I know Joe Scott. A, a million questions. <laughs> um how has uh well i have one. Oh, whoa did is that a, i just can i got trumped can i all right i suppose well see we're talking <laughs> about advent and so i'm always like okay so you know as soon as you know commercials are done christmas music is done just as christmas music starts you know when it should be all the right. season just started so as catholics how can we continue to celebrate christmas when everybody put away their trees. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of it involves uh, taking full advantage of the expressions of Advent that we have in terms of trying to fast from all the Christmas gorging that's already been mm. going oh, on. Yeah. And it has been going on like since uh, you know Halloween. How did you know that? Did my sister tell you that? I'm not talking just about the cookies. <laughs> no. In everything, you know. Um, and, you know... And I love in Catholic households kind of the progressive solemnity, as Joe was talking about earlier about ramping up, right? Um, so it's not like I can't have, you know, like an Advent hit squad has to come in, you know, because I put a light bulb out. <laughs> <laughs> not looking for that. But what I'm saying is there's, there's all sorts of ways of like when I'm decorating my house, I can decorate my house a little bit each week so that there comes a crescendo and a fullness that we arrive at at Christmas. And there's a real difference about Christmas than leading up to it. So I love families with little kids that, you know, they'll set up the manger, like the the stable part of it and they'll have the figures making their little pilgrimage right. towards the manger throughout the weeks of advent right. you know and then they yeah. ride there and the baby comes on christmas oh, you know yeah. this is why we're all here uh, or you put up the tree and then you put up the the tinsel and the lights the next week and then you start hanging the ornaments and you count up the store on christmas or whatever you know there are just very you know a catholic faith is so incarnate and it offers us really concrete tangible expressions that relate to our physical senses that help shape our heart and mind 
And taking advantage of those things, I think, is helpful. Just again, so I'm not so toxed out by all the celebrating that's been going on at such a level for like weeks and weeks and weeks that once Christmas is here, I'm just exhausted and get it out of here, you know? Mm -hmm. And again, the Catholic vision, I think there's a lot that parishes and families can do to try to recover a sense of this. The Christmas celebration can't be contained in one day. It's meant to go for the octave of Christmas. That's one uh, calendar day, or I'm sorry, one liturgical day that explodes into eight calendar days. And then the whole season of Christmas, that's where that's supposed to go until it kind of comes to an end at the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord. So um, whatever a person can do, and it really depends on their circumstances, just to like take a little, take a little push back from the table, a little step right. back from all the engagement of all the Christmas stuff and say, you know what, we're going to have that. And we're going to really save some of that energy to uh, continue our celebration of Christmas after the 25th. We, we did this with just very simple. We, we just did the wise men, right? We just have mm-hmm. them journeying. Mm-hmm. They're in the house. It's something for the <laughs> and kids. And where are the right? wise men this so morning, you flat, Joe? The wi- <laughs> Way <laughs> better than Elf on a Shelf. Right. Yeah. Oh, right? So, so creepy Elf on this, the Shelf. This, uh, you know, the, the Magi on the movement. There you go. You know, the Magi <laughs> on the move, right? Yeah. That, and so the kids now, two, two, four, and seven years old, they're a part of this thing now, yes. right? And they know that there's a journey going on mm-hmm. here, and, and they know that Christ isn't in the manger yet. And yeah. so mm-hmm. we didn't conquer the whole thing, right? right. It's not like we, our tree is still fully you know, decorated, right? Yeah. You know, but we did something. We started somewhere, mm-hmm. and in a small yeah. way, our kids now are participating in this advent this is moving towards something and so yeah we you know they had to take a, a restroom break a couple of days ago <laughs> they were in the restroom you there know? you go <laughs> even the magi had to, had to you know <laughs> stop at a wayside so yeah but i i found it most beneficial and i received fulfillment as a father watching my my boys participate in that oh, nice. that's where i realized you know there's other ways now that i'm going to be encouraged i ain't i'm not i don't feel forced now to go do all these other things I did one simple thing. Mm-hmm. It enlivened my spirit as a, as a Christian and as a father. And now I look forward to trying to find other creative ways to participate in this Christian walk. All right. Well, thank you so much, Father Scott Trainer, for joining us this morning. You're welcome. Great yeah, to be with you. It's been great. Look forward well, to it again. We have a hard break, Joe, and that means we have to take it. So um, we're going to take a break. And on later in the show, we'll hear about the fun events from around our listening area with our 10-minute tour. Then we're broadcasting live from Mount Marty College in Yankton, South Dakota. I'm Heather Carroll. And I'm Joe. Rutten. Stay tuned for more Real Presence Live. We'll be right back. <laughs> 